Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to start a micro business from home. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to make your first sale online. Uh, <laughs> the start to the Christmas episode, Alan singing. If you've not turned off already, welcome to the end of season two, the final episode. Happy Christmas, happy new year, happy holidays, happy everything. Welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome to the final episode of the year. I bet you weren't expecting me to be singing at the start of the show, and to be perfectly honest, neither was I. So here we are. It's the end of season two, episode 48. I cannot believe that season two has lasted nearly a year with 48 episodes on a Monday, 48 episodes on a Thursday. It's been a huge year and a huge journey, and we've made it to the end. If this is the first ever show you've listened to, then you're missing out on a lot. Go back and listen to episode 35 of season two, where we had Jessica and Travis on the show telling us their top 10 episodes that we've done of the whole show so far. What happened this season? It has been crazy. We started the season with Simon, Katie Coombs and I doing the pop-up at the time pop-up. Now they're the rebel principles can you believe episode three was Zev Siegel, the co-founder of Starbucks? And we have had so many different episodes throughout the year, including a series on getting things done in the middle where David Allen came on the show. It's been a phenomenal series. I have learned so much doing these episodes for you. And this year was the introduction of the coaching series. And what a journey we have been on and the people who came on the coaching series have been on as well. We started with Christina with 12 episodes where she was going from side hustle to would she quit her job? Jamie, the artist, launched her Kickstarter. Andrew built his YouTube channel. Now we've got Keith. We're four episodes into the Keith season of the coaching series. And the question right now is, is he going to take that food truck? What a journey. What a journey. People tell me this has been some of the most valuable content they've had is experiencing the entrepreneurial journey alongside the people on the coaching series. And that was the whole purpose was to help you to learn and grow alongside the people we're coaching so you can experience their journey. And no, you are not alone. <laughs> We've all been through it. We're going through it in different ways. So you are not alone. We're all doing this together. And thank you for being part of the Rebel team. And on that note, it being the end of season two, I've got some cool stuff coming up for you this episode. We've got listener comments. We've got comments, top tips from the team. Simon telling you the thing that he would most like to go back and tell himself when he was young. We've got top tips from James on sales, from KC, from Henry on websites, and so much more coming for you. But before we get on to that, I would love to know what you think of the show. So we're doing the season two feedback and we're doing a competition as well. The competition is, would you like to win an hour's coaching from either myself, Simon Payne, my business partner, Katie Coombs, the lead trainer for Rebel Business School, or Henry Nicholson, who does our websites and runs Rebel Business School? If you fill out the feedback form and click that you want to enter the competition, you can get a free coaching session from us for your business. Or, well, we can talk about whatever you want. You can talk about websites with Henry. You can talk about mindset with Simon. You could talk about promotion, PR and marketing with KC. Or you could talk about Marvel and Lego with me. Whatever you want to chat about, that is the idea. This competition is basically a bribe for you filling out the feedback. I'm not sure we have to bribe you, but it sounds like a fun thing to do. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. It's one of those things that I heard years ago. I think it was Brian Tracy that I heard saying it. And the idea is that if you don't get feedback, if people don't tell you what they loved, 
what they hated, what worked, what didn't. How can you ever improve? And I want to continue improving this podcast for you. The feedback from season one helped massively. It helped me to change the show, change the format. It created the coaching series that literally wouldn't have existed without your feedback. It also led to David Allen being on the show. It led to the whole series about getting things done, energy, the traffic episode we did with Henry. All of that came from your feedback. And that is what I would love again, please. So we've created a form. All you have to do is go to alandonagan.com forward slash rebel feedback and fill out the feedback form. There's a bunch of questions about what did you enjoy? What did you not enjoy? What stage of business you were in? How are you doing? How long have you been business? All those sorts of questions. The reason I'm asking those questions is if I know that most of you listening are in the very early stages, I'll focus my content there. If I know most of you are in this stage, I'll focus my content there. And I want to make content that is valuable to you. So please go to alandonigan.com forward slash rebel feedback and fill out the feedback form and tell me what you think. And if you do, you will be entered into that competition to win a coaching session with one of us. And Patrick and I, the podcast manager, have been on a mission to hear what you're saying. And I don't know if you remember, but a few episodes ago, we launched a WhatsApp business channel that you could leave us messages on. The idea was to hear what you've said, play the messages on the show, and then talk about what's going on. So let's get straight in to the audience feedback section. The first clip is from Chelsea from Nebraska. Hi, Alan. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and have been following it throughout starting my business. My favorite episode was five ways to build a business with no money. And I've been living proof of those concepts from having a family member build my website for free, running a mini experiment, selling my car, using a community hall space instead of borrowing a loan or leasing a building, having a friend of the family constructing their building for us to rent, and recently securing $200,000 in grant money. When you tell me to take action, I do it. I created a protein bar made out of meat, fruit, and a vegetable for a complete meal in a bar. I've been applying rebel concepts to this highly regulated industry and have loved all of the tips you have provided. I still have plenty of questions such as how do I ship cold items, how do you choose your next steps, and ways to expand your target market. Thanks for providing great content. My name is Chelsea from Nebraska, USA, and I've also benefited from the Rebel Finance School. Thanks a bunch. Chelsea, wow, what a story. Building the website, selling your car, using a community hall, raising the money. Wow, what an incredible story. Thank you for leaving us the message. You left three questions. How do I ship cold items? Uh, I don't know the answer to that one. That's one I'm going to have to do some research and I'm going to reach out to you separately about. Second, how do you choose your next steps? Which is a really interesting question because in every business you get to a place where you go, what do we do now? And it seems to happen every six to nine months from me. I come up with a plan. I get super excited. I do stuff. I make things happen. And then I get to a stage where I go, what am I doing now? Where am I going? And then I have to reassess. I do a series of things to work out what my next actions are. And the first one is reflection on what's happened. So I look at what's worked in the different areas of business. So what worked in the finance, what worked in this area, what didn't work in finance, what didn't work in sales, what didn't work in marketing. So I have a quick review. Then I work out where do I want to go next? And the first step to where do I want to go next is what are the options? So from here, given all this stuff that's happened, where are we going next in finance, marketing, sales? What are my goals? What's my overall mission? Where am I heading? And then that starts to generate thoughts and feelings. And you'll find actually just going through that process, you'll start to have ideas. Oh, I should do this. I should do that. This is the thing I need to do. And it starts to generate the ideas of what you're going to do next. And normally by the time I've done my review process of where have I been and where am I going, 
I've got three or four new projects, new ideas, or I've reinvigorated old projects that I want to make happen. So that tends to be what I do to re-choose what I'm going to do next. I do it on a micro level, on a monthly basis with my business when I'm doing my monthly reviews. And then I do it on a more macro level each and every year with a huge review of what I am going to do. And at Rebel Business School, we do an annual retreat. So the whole team goes away for a week and we look at what's the mission, where we've been, what worked, what didn't, where are we going next, what are we going to do? We come up with the ideas and it's the most powerful, fabulous week of the year for the team. And actually, that's coming up in about a week's time in the UK, which I am super excited about. So I'm going to get together with Simon, Casey, Henry, Halima, all the team. We're going to get together and have a week talking about that. So that's what I need to do. That's what I do when I want to work out what my next steps are. Then the second question you asked was, what ways are there to expand your target market? And that's a very interesting question. So I think the way I look at this is on two levels. Level one is who's currently buying my product and can I find more people like that? So have you got a bunch of customers that you love working with that continually buy your product If it's a protein bar, is it people who do CrossFit? Is it people who do weights? Is it people who do yoga? Is it something else? Like who's currently buying and loving it? And then can I tap into a broader market based on that niche? That would be my first way of approaching it. And then my second way of approaching it is what other niche markets do I want to test? So if I'm doing very well in bodybuilders or I'm doing very well in yoga, whatever it is, what other niches are out there? Is it CrossFit gyms? Is it hot yoga gyms? Is it the boot camps that run in the park? What other markets can I test? And then I'll find a niche and I'll try and sell to them. Or maybe you can do tasters, like if it's a boot camp event in your local area in Nebraska, maybe you can go to the boot camp event, put out a table, do some tasters, get some feedback, ask people to buy, see what they like, and start to get into that boot camp niche. And then you can expand that way. One of the key expressions from the whole of Rebel Business School is, if you try and sell to everyone, you end up selling to no one. So I would expand niche by niche by niche. And I would run micro mini experiments in each niche to see if they enjoy it, see if they're the right market and see if we can get traction in that niche market and then expand from there. And that's the same to every one of you listening to this right now. If you've come to a stage where you think you're saturated in your niche, those are the two bits. One, can you find other people in your existing niche? And two, what mini experiments can I do in other niches to expand my business? Chelsea from Nebraska, thank you so much for your message. It was so good to hear what you've been up to. And thank you for your questions. And happy Christmas, happy new year, happy holidays. Next up, we've got a message from Corey. Hi, Alan. My name's Corey. And you asked in your last podcast episode for people to call in and let you know how we're doing with our businesses. So this is me doing that. I am starting or have started a business that's a little different than the kind that you are typically seem to have on your podcast and that we're not selling physical things that people can hold or building online content. Although I certainly do want to incorporate the online stuff at some point, but I have started a real estate syndication business, which is a big, scary sounding word that I never thought I would do. And your podcast and a lot of the lessons I learned on there were actually really inspiring and helpful in doing that. So I just wanted to say thank you. For the last five or six years, my wife and I have been investing in multifamily, specifically mobile home parks with our own money. And we kind of were out of that and thought all the capital was gone and we thought we were done for a while. And I had heard of this syndication stuff, but I always just kind of thought, now that's something that way more sophisticated people than me do. You know, uh, we weren't even considering it, but then we had some friends and family that heard about what we were doing and kind of came forward unsolicited and said, Hey, take our money and do that too. So I started looking into it more and, and then listening to your podcast, particularly the don't waste a bunch of time writing some big, complicated business plan. Just get out there and try and sell it first concept really helped in that I, I, I'm i not a natural salesman. And growing up, my parents got mad when anybody knocked at the door to try to sell them stuff. And I, I definitely 
have kind of this fear with that. But um, after listening to a bunch of your podcasts, I, I just started calling up people I knew and saying like, hey, we've got this thing we're doing. We're pooling money. No, no pressure if you don't want in. But we think it's a really cool opportunity. And it's been amazing the number of people that have jumped on it and supported us. And we actually closed our first deal with syndicated money uh, just a couple months ago. And it's been going swimmingly. And now we're now we're in the phase where we're bogged down with the um, stabilizing the property and need to figure that out and figure out how to raise money for deal number two. But anyway, it's it's been amazing. And, and a big part of that was just <laughs> the confidence I got from your your podcast to just pick up the phone and start calling people. So just wanted to say thank you. Corey, what a story. Wow. I love that. And there's so many things to comment on. The first, for everyone listening to this, like the thing that rang out to me was not being born a natural salesperson and just picking up the phone and doing it. And I would say, I'm not born a natural salesperson. I don't think anyone is born a natural salesperson. I think it's something you learn along the way. And for some of us, it's more difficult than others because you have bad experiences in your childhood, in your past that teach you sales is a bad thing. And if your parents got angry at the salespeople who came at the door and that was trained in you that sales was a bad thing from a very early age, that's going to be more difficult to get past. That's going to be training within you that sales is wrong and bad because your parents said so. And then you listen to a podcast like mine that says, sell, 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 get out there. You've got to do it. And those two things conflict. And I think that's actually one of the biggest problems I've spotted over the last year and a half of running the podcast is the conflict between the desire to sell and the social training that sales is a bad thing and that we shouldn't be doing it. But I love, <laughs> I love, Curry, that you just did it. And I would love everyone listening to the podcast to take this message. Nothing happens until you start to sell. You get out there, you tell people about it. Corey did not write a big, complicated business plan. He just started to tell people about it. And I think the business plan can come second if you need it based on the conversations you have with people. So you come up with the idea, you tell lots of people about it, you sell the vision verbally, and then you back it up with the plan and data if it needs to happen. And my wife and I, Katie, and the salesman at Rebel Business School, James, were doing this exact thing yesterday. We had a, a pitch with a very large bank and we haven't sent them anything except a little description. And the best thing we could do is get on the phone and tell them about it. And we did. We told them about it. We told everything we could do. We had a great chat. We asked them questions. James asked some brilliant questions. And then at the end of the call, they told us what information they needed to take it further. And we actually wouldn't have thought of sending them that information in that way until we'd asked. But we send them what they want based on the first call, not trying to guess what they want before ever ringing them. And I would love you all to take this message from Corrie's. Get on the phone and talk to people. Talk to them physically, run a pop-up event, send them an email, message them. The more people you can talk to in your niche market that you want to target, the better you will understand them and the better you can target your product to them. So fantastic work, Corey. Thank you so much for leaving a message. Good luck with the business. Happy holidays. And let us know how you get on with deal number two. The next message is from Casey. Hey, Alan, this is Casey calling to let you know I've been using the Rebel Entrepreneur idea of sell your value before you create it. This year, I set up a website for our sustainable whiskey distillery at cultivatecraftspirits.com. I added a PayPal button so visitors could support our sustainable whiskey by spending $50 and getting a gift card worth $60. So far, I've sold 11, which puts me about one-fifth the way towards being able to purchase the small-scale still that I would actually use to make the whiskey that people could then buy with those gift cards. I've also been implementing the marketing tips to drive more traffic to the website. So hopefully, the number of gift cards sold will continue to increase as we hunt for a space to set up shop so we can get all the necessary permits and actually start making the whiskey. Thanks for your continued inspiration. Casey, thank you so much for the message. And that is one of my favorite principles of the entire Rebel Business School. Sell your value before you create it. 
It's one of the most powerful. And it tells you if you've got an audience, it tells you if you've got the money and you can get the money from the customers to build the business. Congratulations on selling those gift cards. What a great idea to be able to raise the money for your first kit to run your first batch of sustainable whiskey. What a fantastic way of doing it. And for everyone listening to this, I think this is one of the biggest stumbling blocks people have when they start a business. And I don't know if this is you, but you can tell me if it is. They come to us at the Rebel Business School and you say things like, I don't know how to start. I've got this vision of the way it is, but I don't know how to start. And we always say, well, okay, start with sales. Let's sell something first. Let's sell it before we create it. And people get tied to the vision. They have this huge vision of the business they want to run. And anything less than that is a failure. The challenge we have is that every big vision starts with the first step. And you normally cannot jump to the ultimate vision of your business without borrowing a huge amount of money. So you have to step your way to the big vision. And it can normally start with a few sales. But we encounter a huge amount of resistance to that principle because people go, well, that's not what I imagined. And I end up saying repeatedly, well, I know it's not what you imagined, but that's how we start getting towards what you imagined. And it all starts with sales. And the specific bit about selling before you create, I think, is so important. I mean, Corey, in the last message, Casey, in this message, you're selling before you've done the deal. You're selling before you've made the whiskey. You're selling before you've done it. And it is a fantastic way of getting your business going. So if you've got an idea, sell it before you create it. Jamie on the coaching series, we did exactly that with her comic book. She put the Kickstarter up. She had drawn some of the images for the comic book, but we sold it before it was created. Now you always have to deliver afterwards. And let's say Casey doesn't actually go through with it in the end, then he needs to refund the money he's taken, or he actually delivers he makes the first batch of whiskey. Those customers get offered their gift card value, get a $60, whatever it is, a bottle, two bottles. I don't drink, so I'm not hugely up on the price of whiskey at the moment. And they get their whiskey and you deliver and that starts it. They start drinking. You ask them to post. That sells the second batch. Like That's how it starts. It starts small with selling to a few customers, making your first batch and getting out there and that's what I'd love to encourage everyone listening to this episode to do is start. It is about to be the start of a new year. If now is not the time to run a mini experiment to launch your business and to sell your value before you create it, I don't know when is. So if you've had an idea tingling in the back of your mind, now's the time to sell. Thank you for the message, Casey. Good luck with the business. Let us know how it's going. I would love to know. The next message is from Chase from Minnesota, and this one came via text, so I am going to read it out and try not to get too embarrassed whilst doing it. The message is, hello, Alan. My name is Chase from Minnesota. I've been a huge fan of you since I first heard you on ChooseFI many years ago. I've listened to your interviews on their show over and over because of the great content of those episodes. Then I found out you had your own podcast. Sorry, Brad and Jonathan, I haven't been listening to your show. You can blame Alan. He stole my attention. <laughs> a little about me. I've been working on building a business. This is something I've always been passionate about, and now I'm putting 100% focus on this idea to make it real. The point of this message is so I can thank you. Thank you for all of the inspiration. I'm so impressed with everything you do and the great advice you give to people. I also like it when you bring up Katie and what it's like for you and your family, because the detail of family relationships seems to be in the background in our professional lives. But I appreciate it when you bring them to the foreground. It's very relatable. I'm especially grateful for your authenticity. I aspire to inspire the way you do. Please keep it up. I just listened to the Rebel Columbia episode, and it looks like your inspiration is spreading across the globe. You never cease to amaze me. I can't wait to see what comes of that. One more thing, honourable mention for Patrick, your podcast editor. I've listened to the writing proposals that convert episode at least five times now because it is so relatable. 
Great content, great coaching, great questions by your student in that one. That's all I wanted to say now. Thanks again, Alan, for everything you do. Bye. Chase, thank you so much for your message. I feel super flattered and super honored. I really appreciate it. And I won't tell Brad and Jonathan you're listening less to Choose FI. (laughs) A couple of things I wanted to say. The family stuff is really interesting because you're right. We don't talk about it very much in the startup world. The focus entirely on the business element. However, the people around you have a huge impact on your energy, your motivation, and your daily highs and lows have a huge impact on the people around you and your ability to engage with your kids, your partner, your family, whoever it is around you. Yeah, and I'd be interested, everyone listening, is that something you want us to talk more about on the podcast? I'd love to know. If you get a chance, fill out the feedback form, alandonagan.com forward slash rebel feedback and tell me, is that something you'd like to hear more of or what is? Because I would be really, really interested. Chase from Minnesota, thank you so much for your message. So that's the first half of the podcast, which is the audience comments. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your messages. I really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch and leave us a message or talk to us about the show, you can find the WhatsApp line where you can leave messages for us at alandonagan.com forward slash podcast. Now this brings us on to the second half of the episode. And I wanted to deliver huge value for you listening. And I thought about what would the rebel team want to say to you? So I thought I'd ask them. I sent a message to everyone in the rebel team and asked them, what's the one thing they would love to tell you? What's the one thing that Katie Coombs would love everyone who comes to their courses to know? What's the one thing Simon wants people to know? What's the one thing the people of the rebel team want you to know about starting a business? So the first is a relatively new member of the Rebel Business School team. Kiona joined us around about six, nine months ago to help us to promote the Rebel Business School online. So she spent the last six to nine months working with us, promoting our business online and working with participants to help them promote their businesses online. So Kiona has some ideas and some tips for you on social media for your business. So I think the first thing that everyone gets wrong while promoting their business is firstly neglecting social media and people are not aware that they can sell online and sell on social media. So like not many people know the benefits of having social media platforms and also knowing which platform to post or which platform to be on. It all totally depends on your target audience and your niche. And also the second thing would be not engaging with the customers, not replying customer satisfaction, all that comes from there. So it's like you're not paying attention to your customers' needs and questions and so on. So I feel like it's really important to engage with your customers and build a relationship with them. And the third thing would be being spammy all the time and not posting something of value. And it's always talking about your product and that sort so not everyone would want to know about your product they would want you to like help them solve a problem help your product to solve a problem so probably speaking about that and there's a lot when it comes to that and the last thing would be not using call to actions like for example signing up or like register now or like your direct call to actions after each post basically so not many people would know what to do so i feel like These were the few things that I feel were really important that you need to know and you need to really get on before promoting your business. So that was Kiona talking about social media. I totally agree with the call to action piece. We have to add value, connect with people, give them something and then ask directly for what we want them to do. That is critical. And later in season three, I have plans and thoughts for a social media series with an episode about each 
of the social media platforms and using them because Kiona is exactly right. If you're selling business to business, then LinkedIn is the one for you. And that works very differently to Instagram, which you might be selling if you're going direct to certain types of consumers or Pinterest. Like each of these platforms work in a different way for a different audience. So if you're listening to this and you know someone who is an expert on a specific platform, I'd love them to get in touch. I'm looking for people that can help us and you, the Rebel audience, to learn about each of these platforms. So there's the first one from Kiona. Next up, we have Rebel Business School's lead trainer, Katie, Katie Coombs, who has been running courses around the UK for us for several years now. She's one of my favorite people. And this is her message for you. Alan has asked me what I wish everybody who came on my course uh, really understood. And do you know what? It was the easiest question to answer. The thing that I wish everybody understood is that everything starts with a sale. Everything starts with a sale. It's all about sales. It's the lifeblood of your business, sales. And the other thing is that, and I really believe this, that everybody, everybody can sell. We all have it in us, every single one of us. And I meet a lot of people who just want to shy away from the sales part. They just kind of, oh, they kind of look away from it almost. They don't want to Oh, I'm not salesy. It's not something I want to do. And, you know, I understand. I do understand. It feels uncomfortable, doesn't it? And I think that sales has got a bad reputation because of some, I don't know, bad actors in the past or even currently people still sell and they don't do it particularly ethically. Well, here's the thing. You can do it ethically. You can do it the right way. It's up to you. And you've got everything you need to be able to do that right now. You see, sales is a superpower. And it can help in every part of your life. And fundamentally, all you need to be able to do to sell something is to listen, is to ask your potential customers or who you think your potential customers are. Ask them about what they need and then listen to the reply. I mean, really listen, not pretend to listen. Don't do that thing where you're listening, but not really listening, just waiting for your turn to talk again. No, I mean, really listen. Listen to their reply and then ask them more questions. You see, if you're curious and you don't pretend, you don't put it on, you really are. You want to help that person. And to help that person, you need to understand their issue, their problem, their pain, so that you can help them. So we can all listen. Nobody needs a gift of a gab, the gab even. Nobody needs to be pushy. You just need to be genuinely interested to ask your potential customers questions and then to listen to the reply. You see, everything starts with a sale. If you haven't made a sale yet, today's the day I want you to impress yourself because it really is a fantastic feeling when you make your first sale. Go and find somebody who you think may need what you've got and start talking to them and be really interested in their reply and listen to see if what you've got for sale can genuinely help them. That's when a sale happens. Okay, that's it really for me. It was all about sales. It's a superpower. Go and try it if you haven't done it. You'll realize that you are actually a superhero. Bye for now. I think this is a message I would have loved to have heard when I was starting my business. Nothing happens until you make a sale. It is so important Sales is the thing that will grow your business, that will make you money, that will change your world. It is the key skill, but we don't want to do it because we feel it's scuzzy. And Katie is exactly right. And I would love you if you're listening to this, take this as a challenge now. Make a phone call, send a message online, email someone, ask someone if they would like to work with you. You just need to reach out and start the sales process. And talking about sales, let's move straight to James, who works as the salesman for Rebel Business School. He is phenomenal. He sold well over a million pounds worth of Rebel Business Schools. He has some incredible skills, and I'm always impressed by how he gets on the phone, creates meetings, finds opportunities, connects with people, 
and really makes sales happen. And he has a tip and a thought for you about sales and how you might be able to achieve more in 2022. I feel the number one thing people get wrong about sales and that they're really missing when they do cold emails, cold calls, whatever it is they're doing, whether it's a pitch, a presentation, whatever it is, people rarely ask what's in it for this person. Why should this person care? Why should this person care about this email, this call, this pitch, this presentation? People get so worked up about telling people why their business is amazing, what its amazing features are, what it does, why you need to buy it, why you need to work with us, and why everyone else loves working with us. All the while forgetting you're speaking to someone who's thinking, what's in it for me? What's in it for my business? What's in it for my organization? Your product or service could be absolutely amazing, but if it doesn't address the needs of the listener, then it's a completely pointless conversation. Like I said, I feel this is probably where about 90% of salespeople fall down. They spend all of their time talking about themselves and telling the other person why they're amazing. Let's imagine, for instance, that your girlfriend or boyfriend have invited you to meet their parents for the first ever time. You're going out to dinner with them. Hopefully, you wouldn't spend the entire dinner telling their parents why you're amazing. I hope I'm not giving anyone any new information here. You wouldn't do this in a social situation, so why would you do it in a business situation? That's one of the most important lessons you can learn in sales. And I wish I had James there when I started to sit me down and say, focus on what the other person wants. Stop selling you, stop selling your product, focus on them. And one of the key sayings that I think has made a huge difference in my life over the years is, you can have anything you want in life, asterisks, if you help enough other people get what they want in life. And that's the focus of business. That's the focus of what we do is we help other people. Everything you sell helps other people. So focus on finding out what are their problems? What are their issues? What are they working on? Where's their pain points? Where's it hurting them? And then help fix it. If you do that, it's unbelievable how far you'll go in sales. So thank you for that tip, James. Next up, we're going to move to a very new member of the team, Fabian. Fabian saw me present as I was teaching on the NBA at Henley Business School. And he saw what we were doing, said, this has got to come to Columbia. He's one of the driving forces behind creating Rebel Business School in Columbia. You would have heard him on the Columbian episode recently, which is a great fun episode. And Fabi is living in the UK and has joined the team. And I asked him two questions. He comes from working as a lawyer and a very corporate background. So I asked him, what do people in the corporate world need to realize about entrepreneurship? Because I think that's an interesting learning for all of us. And then what's the biggest thing you've learned helping launch Rebel Columbia? So this is Fabi. So to the question of what do people in the corporate world need to realize about entrepreneurship, I would say they need to give a little bit of room for failure. In my experience working with uh, business spin-offs and corporate venture arms and innovation teams, I have seen that too often they have to comply with company KPIs and results and with the same standards as, as with the general company. And yet the corporates request that these special arms that require to be a little bit more entrepreneurial behave differently. And yet they are measuring them with the same standards. So I think that in many ways, it seems to me that the value of success is oftentimes overrated in these kind of situations. They don't understand that in order to be entrepreneurial and in order to be innovative and, and to encourage change, there needs to be a little bit of failure, like opposed to the, to the traditional concept of, of success. There needs to be a little bit of leeway to think things differently and to allow employees uh, to fail because it's part of the whole process. And oftentimes big corporates don't get this, I think. So I would say that that is the biggest 
something that needs to get into their mind. To uh, another question, the second question about what are the biggest things that I have loved to learn during my experience in building Rebel Colombia? I think that uh, my biggest uh, lesson is that the issues of starting a business here in the UK or in Colombia in any language, in any kind of, of society are oftentimes the same. So no matter what context you're in, you need to be hardworking. You need a very good team helps a lot. You don't necessarily need a team, but a good team definitely makes things easier, better, and much more fun, to be honest. And that even if people like your product and they say they love it, at the end of the day, if they don't put the money where their mouth is and, and actually buy the product, then you have nothing done in, in reality. I have also learned that personal touch and the interactions and the connections with people are absolutely essential. No matter what the product is that in, 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 my, in my experience, whether it be with my potential clients or whether it be with my colleagues and, and with my partners, the connections really make things so much easier in our case, whenever we find a rebel client, it makes everything smoother. Uh, when I meet another rebel for a potential alliance, it's definitely much, much better. So those are my biggest lessons from all of this. I love the messages that Fabi has put there. And I'm going to steal one of his sentences. This has been a come a new Alanism over the years. We'll call it a Fabiism. The value of success is overrated. What an amazing sentence. The value of success is overrated, which the flip side of that is the value of failure is underrated. And if we can survive the failures, if we can make sure they don't knock us out, then there is incredible learning that can be taken from that. I absolutely agree. People are too afraid of failure. However, failure is the stepping stones to success. So if you're listening to this, fail fast, fail cheap. Let's make this happen. Rebel Columbia has been on an incredible journey. They have just run their second course, which I'm so proud of, Danny Alfredo and Fabi. Danny was running the course in Golfo in Colombia, and they've been working with victims of the war in Colombia to help them launch businesses. It's incredible the work they are doing over there. And Look out for more on Colombia because we're going to have some more fun, some more things we're going to be doing with them in the future. They're an incredible team. And the piece I wanted to pick up here from Fabi's advice is even if people say they love your product and like it, if they don't buy, you don't have anything at all. And I think sometimes we forget that and we're looking for praise rather than sales. So I would say stop looking for people to agree with you and start looking for people who will buy from you, which makes such a difference, such a difference in the business. Next up, we have another new member of the team at Rebel Business School. It's Halima, and Halima is the community manager at Rebel Business School. She brings the rebels around the world together and so much more. Halima, I'm so glad you joined the team Halima was nervous to do the clip on the podcast, but I think she did a brilliant job. So please, here is Halima's tip. Hi, Alan. So the gift I would give your audience is the gift of time. Time management is one of the most important things as an entrepreneur, and it's something that I still struggle with and I'm still working on. One of the things that helps me is I bought a timer an egg timer that allows me to work for 20 minutes. And once the timer goes off, I stop for 10 minutes, take a break, walk around, and then come back to my work. So this helps me really utilize the amount of time that I have during the day. I hope that helps. Bye. I think one of the fascinating things Halima says is about taking a break. And sometimes when we're into our work, we forget to take a break. We forget to look away from the screen. We forget to look up. And then we pay for it later with worse performance. And one of the things I like to say to people is it's not about the hours that you put in. It's about the amount of energy and the productivity you get out of those hours. So if you take a break, if you look after yourself, you'll actually get more out of it. Now, I like to focus on things for slightly longer. When I get in the zone, I really get into it and I focus for 
somewhere between 45 minutes to 90 minutes, depending on what it is. And I like to go to a cafe. I'm a big fan, and I know this is a little bit anti-vibe, but I'm a big fan of a fancy coffee. Well, it's not because it's spending in line with my values, but I'm a big fan of a fancy coffee. And then I will sit there and focus on my task, whether it's writing, creating the podcast, whatever it is. And I will focus between 45 to 90 minutes. And then I will shift location. I'll walk, I'll move, I'll go somewhere else. And that creates the energy. It resets me, it helps me to look after myself to then be able to come back and do more. And that's one of the biggest parts of it. It's not about doing everything in one go. It's about doing a bit, having a break, doing a bit, having a break. And if you keep doing that, you will make huge progress with what you're doing. So thank you, Halima. The next up, I've been excited about this one. We've got Patrick, the podcast manager, who you will all have met in several of the episodes this year including episode 36, where he very nicely came on and asked about proposal writing, which has been one of your favorite episodes, I think, of season two so far. And I asked Patrick three questions. I asked, what is it like working with Alan? Brackets, be brutally honest. What's the biggest things you've learned working with Alan or in entrepreneurship this year? And if you had one message for the audience that would help them be successful, what would it be, Patrick? Hi, everyone. This is Podcast Manager Patrick checking in at the end of the season. I just wanted to say before I answer the questions you heard all my teammates answer earlier, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being listeners. Without you, none of this would be possible. I've had so much fun working on season two, and I cannot wait to get into season three and 2022 with you guys. So genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening. This whole experience has been life-changing, and I'm very appreciative of it. All right, without further ado, question number one. What is it like working with Alan? Working with Alan's great. I love working with Alan. He's the best boss I've ever had. He's also sort of grown into a mentor figure for me and my freelance contracting business. So there's this parity between like us working together, but also him giving me advice in my business. And because I'm meeting with him weekly, there's a layer of accountability to it too, which has been fantastic for me. And without Alan, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in. So again, Alan, thank you. Love you, buddy. His one quirk, though, is he is always traveling, obviously. He's in different time zones all the time. So he will reach out to me at weird hours of the night with like requests and tasks, just forgetting that I'm probably asleep at the time. But yeah, otherwise, Alan, love you, man. Couldn't do this without you. Thank you so much for having me on board. Question number two, what's the biggest thing I've learned working with Alan in entrepreneurship this past year? Probably organization or a lesson in organization to be a little bit more concise. Before I started working on this podcast, I was always that guy that was like, yeah, I'll remember to do that. And then I wouldn't get it done. And I'd show up to a meeting or something and work and end up in Paris. But Alan obviously has taught me the lesson that he's taught you. If you don't write things down, they won't get done. And since I've learned that, I've been a lot more organized. I've been getting things done in a way better manner, (laughs) like to completion as opposed to like halfway done. But Yes, organization has been the biggest lesson I've learned with Alan this past year. And now we are on to question number three. If you had one message for the audience that would help them be successful, what would it be? Just start. (laughs) Like, just start. Do something that is related to the business you want to create. Start making progress because realistically, starting a business is this huge, like in our heads, is this huge mountain that you have to climb. And it really like isn't. Once you start doing the small things to set yourself up to be in that business in the future, in my opinion, you've started. So if you're having these mental conversations with yourself, trying to figure out how you could logically make this happen, then you've started. Just have those conversations with yourself. Believe me, it is not as hard as you think it's going to be just to get started. In March 2021, I was working a job I didn't like. I had this idea to start contracting. I just kind of dove into it. By June of 2021, I was doing it full time. And more recently, I've moved to Colorado, which has been a dream of mine my entire life. And I was finally able to do it because I didn't have a job holding me into place. So please, if you have an idea, start figuring out how you can make it happen. Run mini experiments. See if it'll work. And if it works, just do it. It's really not that hard. And again, before I leave you guys, Thank you so much for 2021 and season two. It has been an absolute blast and I am so excited for the future. Wish nothing but the best for you guys. Have a great new year and happy holidays. Take care. Love you guys. 
Patrick, 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 I gave you such an opportunity to abuse me on the podcast and you didn't take it. I said, be brutally honest. Tell them all what it's like working with me and you were nice. Uh, Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the words that I have become a mentor. That is so kind of you. On the messages at the weird hours of nights, Patrick, please turn your phone off, get some good sleep. I don't expect you to respond until the morning, although guilty as charged. I do randomly have ideas that I sent to Patrick, such as the other morning in the UK, I sent him a message saying, I really want to get Ryan Reynolds on the podcast. He is a phenomenal entrepreneur. I really want him on the show. Can you find his details? I think I sent it morning UK time, which would be 2am American time. I apologize. For those of you listening, what Patrick picked up about organization, that is one of the biggest things in life I'd love to give to everyone. And I don't know if you remember, we did a little series of getting things done on the podcast. Episode 13 started with the myth of multitasking. Then we had the productive entrepreneur at 14. And episode 15 was, you probably could tell, I was a little bit fanboy moment for me. I had one of my heroes on the show, David Allen, who wrote Getting Things Done. And that book, well, actually, it wasn't the book. It was the recording of his live seminar that Katie and I listened to together. That had such a profound impact on the way we run our lives, what we do, and how we organize things. And to this day, we use a project list. We break things down into projects with next actions. And that is how we make things happen. I cannot say this strongly enough to all of you. If you have goals for next year, if you've gone through the goal setting episode that we did at episode 46, if you listen to the special one that's coming for you on January the 1st, which is all about how I use questions to look back on the last year to plan the next year, and you come up with an idea of what you want to achieve, the next step is to break it down into projects and actions that you can get on with straight away. Because the world is made up of two types of people. And the first is the people who talk about things, but never do them. And that's the majority of the people in my experience. They like to talk, they like to chat, they never take action. And then the other type of people are the people that are much rarer that actually get things done. They make things happen, they break it down, they take next actions, they put it in the diary, in the schedule, they make it happen. If you can work on your skills, because it's a learnt skill, this. Like, no one's born knowing how to make things happen in this world. No one's born with the skills to drive things home. It's something you learn. So if you can learn the skill of making things happen, if you can learn the skill of creating big projects, bringing teams together, driving things forwards, it will have a huge impact on your life and your business. And then that will free you to do Patrick's final message, which is just start. Patrick, thank you for joining the team, helping me manage the podcast and making it real. Couldn't have done it without you. Is been a fantastic journey. Then we've got the final one of the show, which is my business partner, Mr. Simon Payne. And I sent him a message. I asked him this question, like, what's the one thing you would want the audience to know? Like you've been telling everyone, what's the one thing you would want to know? And Simon's reaction, I didn't know this. I just didn't get a response from him for a while. But his reaction was, what new have I got to say? I said it all. I've said sell before you create. I've said sell. I've said build your confidence. He said, I've said it all. So I actually sent him a chaser and a reframe on the question. And I reframed the question to one of his sons is called Harry. Uh, And I said to him, like, if this was the last time you were with Harry, what would you want to tell him to be successful? And apparently that unlocked him with a lot of ideas. So listen up to Simon Payne. So, Alan, when you asked me to record something for the final episode of this season, and you said, you know, uh, what message do you want to get out there? And I just hit a creative block. I was like, well, I don't know, Alan. Like, you've covered so much ground. We've said this stuff so many times in so many different ways. Is there anything fresh? Is there anything new? And then you asked me the question about one of my kids. And you said, if you wanted to tell Harry anything, like what would be the one message that you'd give him? And I was like, oh, okay, I've got about a thousand things I want to say. Switch off your freaking Xbox will be the first thing. 
But that was such a great question. And it really uh, reminded me of the power of questions. And, you know, I know we've had so many great results and incredible conversations and we've taken so much brilliant action when we've asked each other good questions. So I appreciate that very much. Yeah. I mean, you know, we spend all our time looking for answers, but not nearly enough time trying to figure out what's the right question. Are we asking the right question? So in response to your question, Alan, Alan Donegan of the Rebel Entrepreneur Podcast, here's what went through my head. Like there's five things. I had to narrow it down to five things because like I said, I had quite a few answers to this suddenly. So number one on my list of five messages that I wanted to get out there is to read. And, you know, my ego sometimes thinks that it's me that's come up with a great idea. And of course it isn't. It comes from some other place. And ideas are so much richer when they've been pollinated by someone else's thinking. And by the way, every single person that's been before us has dealt with the things that we're dealing with. And somebody's written it down. So somewhere out there, someone has already got the answer to the biggest problem that we're facing. And I don't know why, but I'm still amazed when I dive into someone's book. It always makes me go, wow. And those periods of time when I'm not reading, when I'm not learning, those are the periods of time where I seem to be the most stuck. I'll give you an example. I've just picked up Will Smith's book. And the first two pages, I'm just like, oh, this is absolutely brilliant. I'm enthralled and so interesting. So you've got to read. You've got to constantly top up. And there are so many brilliant ideas that have already been written down. And if you add those ideas to your own thinking, who knows what you can create. Number two on my list of five messages that I wanted to get out there is to be present. Spend as much time as you can in the here and now because everywhere else doesn't exist. It's an illusion. And I've wasted hours and hours and days and months and years of my life thinking, worrying, anxious, thinking about the past and so on. And those that cascade of thoughts, like on the one hand, you go, this is the, our brains are the most incredible content creation engines in the world. But the flip side of this, the irony is that it takes us away from, our thinking takes us away from what's real, you know, what's here and now. And I've only learned this later in life. So number two on my list is to be present, spend as much time present as you can, fully present. Because here's the thing that I love. When you're fully present, those are usually the moments when we get the best experiences of life. Number three on my list is to create more than you consume. And if I was saying this to my son, I'd say switch off the freaking Xbox, stop watching YouTube, stop scrolling Instagram reels and TikTok reels. Every time you're consuming someone else's content, you're making someone else rich. You're giving someone else the kudos and actually, you know, watch other people's stuff and learn from it, but then go create something yourself. We are in a hyper consumption period of time, right? And it never ceases to amaze me the volume of junk that I I find myself diving into on my Instagram feed and wasting hours watching reels. Why am I doing this? I'm stopping doing this. I'm stopping doing this. I need to be spending my time creating, not consuming. Number four on my list is The Obstacle is the Way. The Obstacle is the Way. Actually, that's a book title, and I haven't read this book yet, but I even read the title and I went, oh my goodness, that makes perfect sense. And um, I think it's Ryan, someone called Ryan Halliday. I better look that up. But that's going to be my number one book for January 2022, because even the title grabbed me, The Obstacle is the Way. If there's something difficult you're facing in your life or your business, the longer we avoid dealing with it, the bigger the monster becomes. So for me, this is about killing the monster early. If there's something difficult to do, that's usually an indicator that that's the thing you need to do next. And the happiness, the success, the goals, everything that you want to achieve in life is on the other side of those obstacles. And I guess number five on my list is linked to this, the obstacle is the way. Number five is to be brave. We've got this inbuilt system of regulation called breathing. And like we don't very often go to breathing lessons, but it's, and by the way, this is the one thing that ties us to the present, isn't it? So you can't breathe tomorrow or yesterday. You can only breathe right now. So be brave. Sure, there's some difficult things. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it hurts, but it can't really harm you. Okay. Most of the stuff that we face is in our heads. We suffer so much more in imagination than we do in reality. So actually, with a little bit of courage, you can achieve anything you want. Take a deep breath, breathe your way through it, 
and be brave. What a message from my business partner, Simon Payne, with read, be present, create more than you consume. The obstacle is the way. And if something's tough, then breathe, be brave and tackle it. And he is so right. With a little bit of courage, you can achieve anything you want. Simon, thank you so much. What an episode. What a season. There's so much to talk to you about before I wrap up and give you my closing thought. And one of the things I wanted to share with you is Patrick, the podcast manager, and I have been working very hard on alandonigan.com to develop the site into a resource for you so you can find the podcast episodes you want. So if you go to alandonigan.com forward slash podcast, you will see that we've laid out all of the different seasons, all of the different coaching seasons, and we have structured them with the resources, with different bits of information for you to be able to find what you want. Because we've had the feedback a couple of times now that, you know, on a Monday you get the episode, then you get a coaching episode, and it doesn't always flow on Spotify, and it's difficult to find episodes. So we've tried to tackle that through the website. So please have a look at alandonigan.com forward slash podcast. Let me know what you think. We've worked very hard to try and make it easy for you to navigate and listen to the podcast, which brings us on to season three, which is starting in the new year. I'm so looking forward to this. I have a very special episode for you on New Year's Day will be the first part. And that talks about my annual review questions and how I think about my life and focus on creating for the future. And then we'll start season three proper on the third, Monday, the third of January. And season three is the takeover season. So I don't know if you remember quite a few episodes ago, I put the shout out out. If any of you would like to come on the podcast, take it over and put me in the hot seat, then you are more than welcome. Around about 15 of you came forwards and we recorded the episodes over the summer. I am super excited to be releasing those in season three, along with brand new content from Simon, from myself, plus a bunch of incredible guests, including a catch up on some of the stories that we all know and love, what the entrepreneurs have been up to. So we've got a huge amount coming in season three. We've mentioned a feedback and a coaching competition. Please go fill out the feedback form. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. Please let me feast on your ideas and your feedback to help improve the show. So go to alandonigan.com forward slash rebel feedback and fill out the feedback form. And then coming on to the final close of the episode. And one of the things I'd love to share with you, which you know, partly inspired by my business partner, Simon Payne, partly inspired by life, is that we all have problems. We know this consciously, we all have problems, but sometimes we forget it. We look at people who are successful and we go, oh, their life must be so easy. They're doing so well. But we forget that we all have problems. We have problems, we have arguments, things happen. And being successful is not a lack of problems. When you get to X, you know, you get to financial independence, you get your company to X revenue. It's not like your life is magically fixed and everything changes and your problems vanish. That's not how it works. And in fact, years ago, someone said to me, life is a series of problems that we have to fix. And you kind of trundle along in your life and it's like problem, problem, problem. And you fix those problems. And occasionally the problems are broken up by a crisis. And it's problem, problem problem, crisis, problem, <laughs> problem, problem. And life is not an absence of problems. Things are going to go wrong. It's how you react to the problems that is the important bit. And I just want you to realize how many things you've tackled this year. Because sometimes you look back at the year and you go, that was tough. <sighs> but actually, you tackled those problems. You dealt with those things and you have made progress and there are going to be more problems next year and let's get excited because those problems are where the progress is so when a problem rears its head or occasionally a crisis take a deep breath just as simon said read learn ask for help go on a course try 
what you've learnt or what people have said. Have a go. Test and measure the impact. Have another go. You can figure anything out, given time, support and energy. You can build any life you want to. Then when you've built your dream life, do you know what's going to happen next? There will be another problem on the horizon. Because building your dream life doesn't mean that things don't go wrong. There's always something that goes wrong. And that's okay. That's part of the fun. That's part of the journey. That's part of the challenge. And in every problem that comes along, there's something for you to learn. Problems are the fun. Breathe, relax, and work on making things better together. I wish you an incredible 2022 that is full of problems that you can solve, have fun with, learn from, and will help you progress to the life of your dreams. Thank you for listening to season two. I love you. I appreciate your support with the podcast, for sharing it, for leaving comments, for filling out the feedback form. Thank you. And remember, the extraordinary belongs to those that create it. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.